this is Richard Wilson speaking. Thank you for downloading One Foot in the Podcast. So I'm a wrinkly, crinkly, but don't shed a tear. I'm not exactly a little old here. One thing's for sure, I'm still bloody well here. One foot in the grave. Footers and Gravers, welcome to this review of Series 2, Episode 2, We Have Put a Living in the Tomb. Uh, this episode review, I guess, is making its debut. It's Ireland's finest. It's Mr. Graham Courage. How are you doing, Graham? I'm not too bad, Tom. How are you? Very good. So we've been in touch now for quite a fair amount of time. And yeah. I think you, you're a member of the podcast page, aren't you, on Facebook? I am, yeah. You very kindly uh, you know, sent uh, positive feedback. Was it? What's the father? Because t- you you came up as Graham Crilly. And... Yeah, because when I tried to put Graham Courage into Facebook, because I, I was off social media for a long time, but just to keep in touch with a few friends from TEDFest and other, I said I'll, I'll recreate it, and they wouldn't accept Graham Courage. They said, "No, call us the name. We, you, right. you have to put the name that you were called in real life." But That's... apparently, Graham Crilly is absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a massive Father Ted fan, though, aren't you? So, oh, huge, huge, huge. Yeah, you go to the or you have been to the Father Ted conventions at TEDCon, oh, yeah. was it? Uh, TEDFest. TEDFest, sorry. Yeah. So you won a competition, didn't you, through TEDFest? What was the, what was the, because they, I take it they base events on actual storylines and, and like oh, yeah, Eurovision Song a, Contest stuff. It's a mixture of everything. But yeah, we had, a, Ted's got talent, I suppose. Uh, right. With what we won this year. So we, it was uh, myself and a friend of mine who I met at the previous TEDFest pre-lockdown. Uh, Kevin O'Brien and myself and himself put our heads together and I'm a huge Billy Joel fan and just you'd be listening to it and you go you could throw in because there's so many bizarre like in like in One Foot there's so many bizarre references and yeah. names like that David Renwick has come up with and that Graham Linehan and Arthur Matthews came up with so like if you're stuck for something to rhyme you only have yeah. to think for a second of a bizarre priest's name or something like that so we did a Ted didn't start a fire and it was all Father Ted references uh, yeah. through the, throughout the, the three series. And yeah, it went down a storm and it won. So it's, it's out there now. Well, anyway, so it's nice to have, um, you know, guests on from different parts of the world. You know, last episode, as I record this with you, it hasn't gone out yet. It has gone out. It's with Matt, who's from Cape Town. Yeah, I I've heard had- it, yeah. Yeah, previously had Glenn from uh, Tasmania. So you're you're about my age, aren't you? Roughly, yeah, I my, think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to give your age out. And were you watching one for as it aired in the nineties, or did yeah. you? Yeah, uh, that's like it was one of them things. I suppose you think about it now, like it definitely like watched it growing up, and like that, I was in my like born in eighty four, so I mean, I was six when it first aired, and you know, it was that thing that like when a lot of people don't. I've heard one or two people say before that they don't like the team tune. But the one thing for me, I remember as a kid when you heard that team tune, you could yeah. you could be on the other side of the house, it was instantly <laughs> recognizable as that thing that. Uh, your family were laughing at the last time so you'd sit down yeah. and watch it again with them um, yeah. and I just remember everyone I was youngest of six I just remember everyone cracking up at this thing and you'd get the physical jokes and the and the uh, you wouldn't understand maybe all all the words or, or the people they're referencing yeah. and that what you do now but like I just remember it was something and then it was great when you get a bit older and you go back and watch it again and it's like yeah. watching it from the start all over again because you get all That's the it. jokes and you get more it's like that with yeah. comedies isn't it it's Fools and Horses, especially you watch. Yeah. You watch them back now. I've oh, never understood that gag before. You'd obviously laugh because the audience are, are laughing, and yeah. the actors themselves are delivering their lines with comedic effects. So, have you got have you got a personal favourite series um, of One Foot? Uh, I love the last series, series six. Yeah, it's, it's just... very underrated, isn't it? 
Yeah, and it doesn't get the air time that uh, when when it's been repeated on different it's, series six doesn't get the air time that it, that a lot of the older series has got. Yeah. So it's um yeah for me I just I I, I the year two thousand was a big year for me and I just remember like it was just I believe he wrapped it up really well and you touched on it with the interview with Owen Brennan like that like you got to see the other side of Nick Swain you got to see other sides of the characters a bit better. Uh, Patrick and Pippa weren't living next door, so that was a big thing. So it was a I thought it was wrapped up really well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think for a lot of fans, it, if you if you're a big one the Gray fan and you're thinking about putting Series Six on, it's that sad feeling that he's going to be gone. Like you can yeah. down the episodes, it does feel very final, doesn't? It? Each episode feels very final. Oh yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's they're, they're closing they're closing up. Like yeah, it, it really does. It, it builds to that. As we get older, as fans, you realise that he wasn't really that old, Victor Meldrew. No, when you're when you're when you're in your teens or early twenties, like uh, I think it was Dave Allen said, like to, to you a forty year old is ancient. You'd rather be yeah. dead than forty. You know, yeah. and then you get to forty and you go, oh my God, forty. I know it's crazy. <laughs> Richard Wilson was he 85, 86? so he was only like just barely mid sixties. So therefore, his well, I suppose his character was a little bit older than Richard Wilson was himself. So you've got to presume he was seventy. Yes. When he got run over, that isn't that's no age, is it? Not not nowadays, no. no. It's, it's no, it's no age. Okay, um, so today we're reviewing episode, yeah, episode two. We have put a living in the tomb. I don't know where this ranks for you. I mean, I'm gonna bet that you probably would have put your name down for another episode potentially. Is this an episode you put on casually? Would it be in your top five? Uh, it wouldn't be the t- in the top five, no. But uh, it's one I always remember watching. I, I like uh, actually, I remember when it was broadcast. Like I remember watching it at home. I remember that you know the tor- everything with the tortoise is <laughs> rememberable as a kid. So it was it was one that stuck out when it, when I went back to revisit one foot and I got older. It was one of the ones I'd remembered more. So even though it wouldn't be my favorite, it was definitely one of the ones I remembered more. Do you think this idea was purposely created because of the obviously the tortoise element? We see a tortoise in the intro credits, or was yeah. it just because it worked as a story? Because I, I know we'll talk more about this later in the episode, but the storyline wouldn't have worked with any other animal, I wouldn't have thought, because it's such a. And maybe it's just an easy animal to work with. I mean, it couldn't cause yeah. much havoc on set or run away or bark or anything. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why the stuffed dog Nippy was a good idea because, you know, you can't go wrong with a stuffed dog. It's not yeah, gonna... well, they say was it don't work with animals and children, is it? <laughs> or, yeah. So. Although there is a there is a child in this episode, but she doesn't have a speaking part. She just exists in a couple of scenes, doesn't she? Yes. Um, I have. I always have fun looking at where these actors are now. Jennifer, isn't it? Who plays the, uh, Margaret's goddaughter? Yeah, Sarah Mortimer. Yeah, I think she, I looked up her. She's on LinkedIn. I think she's just got some regular business. She or some consultant, but she hasn't been acting since the late nineties. But you can tell it's her. She looks very similar, just whiter hair, same hairstyle actually. But she just looks so nineties, doesn't she? The way she's dressed and her, yeah, like her hairstyle, it yeah. just screams nineteen nineties, doesn't it? Oh, definitely nineties. Yeah. Should we crack on with uh, the opening scene? Opening up in the Meldrew living room. So this is one episode on obviously from the opener where they were decorating and i i actually think so they're, they're putting up some wallpaper well margaret is putting the finishing touch to this wallpaper victor on the other hand is on a one of many telephone calls he'll be on throughout the series complaining i think this is the this is the dry cleaner isn't it he's not it is yeah. he's going out his way the... to, to to complain isn't he about 
a notes they left but i think it's a t- complete waste of time what, what are your thoughts on it in making it's, that it's it's brilliant and it's just another one of those really descriptive one foot rants you know with fantastic wording that's like even the way victor describes like it's about this letter i found speared to the hook you know it wasn't just hanging on there it was, it was speared to the hook and the letter then is just so brilliant as in this garment was extremely soiled and bore stains of an unusually resilient nature it wasn't just dirty so it's not it's funny if it's just dirty but it's brilliant when it's completely ranted in that descriptive way that david does yeah this is a, it's a it's a simple line of dialogue but the right words are are used for that moment I love the way Margaret doesn't, she doesn't even flinch or respond to this whole thing. This is just Victor having one other resign. She doesn't even acknowledge he's on the phone, you know? So no. Oh, no, no. She's, I mean, yeah, she's known, she's been married to him for however, however many decades at this point. I actually think with the wallpaper, they've gone slightly backwards compared to how it was just plain white walls in the opening episode. Because what I like about this sort of continuity element is it's clearly it's about a week or two on from moving in. We don't usually get that sort of journey for the characters that I've made when they moved house. There's not many sitcoms actually where the main characters have moved house, I don't think. No. I'll speak to a few people. I can't think of many. Well, there's still horses, but they went back. <laughs> they they went back, didn't back. they? Because they had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just think it's it's definitely better than their original house in Wingate in terms yeah. of the decor. But it just, I reckon they'd have been fine. I mean, I don't know who am I to, to critique. Uh, decor that's i'm not i mean maybe my style is completely different but i think the plain white walls would have worked just as an observational thing i think there's a pointless phone call for victor to make he just see, the little note that they left is just maybe it's just an innocent remark by is it mavis who works at yes the yeah, she and I, the, the trousers even the color of the trousers though because it's a setup for a later gag so it's just so Yes, it's, it's a purpose. It's the purpose to it, isn't it? Yes, I think it's also highlighting the frustrations we have when we're trying to complain because he's he's um, commentating to Margaret about the, the usual drill where the you know the jitsy customer service agent. Oh yeah, and what she back says, and forward, and, keep, yeah. you, know, you have to repeat yourself. But ultimately, with this um, decorating, they saved themselves a few quid because they were going to get one of Victor's contacts to do it. Yeah, ninety pounds. They've done it themselves. Says, yeah, ninety pounds, Margaret. The reckons they've saved yet. <laughs> Anyway, the, the, that call that particular call ends, and yeah, they're pleased with the um, the the savings. The TCP gag is introduced because he's very miffed that three is it three people. Um, yeah, three people had asked him had he just been using TCP. Yeah, <laughs> and you did what I did. You looked at what TCP stood for or, or what oh. it meant. Can you have a go at pronouncing it? I'll have a go, but for yeah. anyone who I don't know if there's any chemistry students or anything listening, <laughs> like I do apologize. It's just it's <laughs> trichlora. Phenylmethylidosalic. There you go. There's 32 letters in the song. You're welcome to have a go. 32. <laughs> is, it a, is it a Welsh word? It, does, it sounds like a Welsh town. Yeah. Did you ever see some of the. <laughs> I'll have to consult Darren on that one. He's a podcast regular from Wales. Um, it's an antiseptic lotion, in case anybody out there didn't know. There's still it's still a thing. You can still buy it. But I feel like people under a certain age wouldn't buy TCP now, I don't think. Um, I just think there's other things out there. But I, I love the Wikipedia description of it at the end. Like, obviously, when trying to find the name of it, the real name, and it said, uh, "In the UK, and its distinctively strong medical odor can be identified <laughs> by many as a generic antiseptic smell." So it is that it's that like a smell. You might, yeah. yeah, Victor's got a small habit of 
having a sporting a certain smell because in the Algarve he'll attract donkeys with his aftershave, wouldn't yeah. he? So <laughs> he's doing the same thing. Has he actually worn? He did actually wear TCB. It's not just people guessing. He did put some on, didn't he? Oh, he did. He he did use it five days ago. Yeah, <laughs> at this stage, a radioactive half life of two thousand <laughs> years is mentioned. <laughs> well, Margaret spots that Victor's got another sort of book. It's like a large book. If it's one of these decoration ideas, sample books, books sample think, books. Yeah, yeah. In this instance, Margaret spots a rather concerning note. Oh, my God. What's that? Have you seen what this is written on the back of? What are you talking about? That woman who works in the hardware shop. It was her husband, wasn't it, who stuck his head in the oven and gassed himself. (laughs) This is his suicide note. This woman who works at the hardware shop, a woman, someone they know, has lent them this book. And in that book is a letter or a suicide note. This is a very one foot in the grave surreal thing of, you know, the idea someone would be that heartless just to leave a suicide note inside. Yeah, and it's that whole, you can even, there's a brilliant part from the audience are laughing there. There's a nervous laughter when it's introduced for us as in, where are they going with this? This, you know, this (laughs) could go either way, so... Yeah, uh, it's the back, even the backstory to this chap who's done himself in. It's obviously tragic, but you can't help but laugh. Stuffing his head in the oven and gas himself. Yeah, it's obviously you know in reality terrible, but comedies can get away with this sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the suicide note was left. With this in mind, um, Matilda, she said. (laughs) I mean, they, they obviously had a dodgy marriage because she's written on the back of the suicide note. Do you like satin eggshell? Five ninety-five a litre. You know the price. The 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 way it's you know Victor's in disbelief at Margaret saying it can't be the suicide, it can't be, and just straight into then. By the time you read this, I will be dead, and it's only Richard Wilson could pull it off, and it's a disbelief of reading it. So good. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is alarming to Margaret because we think it is alarming, like say to to Victor until he is he's completely different mindset about the note. I don't know if he's just got a bit of of a sense of humour or not when he says when he's more concerned about the cost of the paint she paid <laughs> which is a great gag it's only five you know four. it's four it's only 495 in b&q and it was 595 there because yeah. he looks perfectly <laughs> serious when he says that but surely he's got more of a heart than i couldn't tell if he's just got he that because some people deal with um tragedy or traumatic news or whatever in strange ways so maybe he just didn't know what to make of the situation yeah but he sounded i can't make my mind up if he was just it was a little gag an inappropriate timed gag or he was just a bit thoughtless in the moment but (laughs) (laughs) but i think mentioning the brand of the paint but in this instance you know the the retailer b and q yeah i think that always adds i said that so many times with podcasts i don't know if modern comedies can get away with mentioning branding anymore but no, well, even it's Julux satin eggshell, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so it's yeah, it's the full description of the product. It's yeah, where you can't, as you said, it's it's you, you probably have to pay them to mention it now. Yeah, that's right. Well, Victor swiftly changes the subject, asking what time they're due to visit Margaret's goddaughter. I was thinking, how how, how many would be sons and daughters do you think they'd have? Because obviously we know about Stuart, but goddaughter, there's a couple of goddaughters, isn't there? There's um, Andrew Temple and Descending to the Maelstrom. Yes. This goddaughter Jennifer. That's probably it, actually. I don't. I yeah, can't think of any. But there, there's so many cousins, aunts, and uncles, great aunts, great. You never really. Alfred aside, you don't hear of any other siblings or Mark. Has Mark got any siblings? No. Obviously, her mother. No. I'd love to invest in some time and doing a military family tree <laughs> because 
oh, that would take a long time. There's so many cousins mentioned. Yeah, there's as we as it was said, I think David, when you were talking to him, was saying like everyone was always cousin this or or uncle that. It was yeah. it was never just it was never just Tom or John or it was always cousin someone or cousin Ivor, you know, all that. I, I think that's a generational thing because I wouldn't refer to my cousins as cousin, you know, their names or I mean, as you get a bit older, you don't really say, well, I don't, I wouldn't call my uncles aunties by, I wouldn't say, hi, Uncle John, or hi, Auntie Sue, I'd just call them by their first name, but. Yeah, I think when they stop sending you birthday cards when you're around 12 or 13, uh, that's when you <laughs> stop calling them uncles and auntie. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. But I think just that the olden generation might still refer to their cousins' names with their cousin as a title first. I don't know. Yeah, really yeah far, it is a generational really thing. This. Yeah, generational thing. Well, suffice to say, it doesn't look like Victor's looking forward to this visit. The tone of his uh, his voice. Yeah, I mean, he, he goes to that off to have a bath just to try and escape the, the TCP smell. And that <laughs> brings an end to that uh, scene. So yeah, we are at the Goddaughters of Margaret's now where we see Jennifer played by Sarah Mortimer. Who doesn't? She hasn't been on our screen since the mid to late nineties. I think she was more of a stage actress. I did look up. She's she's on LinkedIn. I think she's a bit like Nick Maloney, who played two roles in uh, one foot. Just has a regular sort of corporate business now. She's a consultant in something. Don't really recognise her from anything else. I mean, it's gone. I, I thought I recognised her from from like washing powder commercials or something. She just Possibly. has one of them familiar i like so you know the way like years ago the 90s in particular when everyone watched the same thing but only had a few channels i have a feeling she was like watch i could be completely wrong could be just someone similar but she reminds me of someone that was on a daz ad or something for about a year straight you know i didn't know this off the top of my my head but she's in hot metal remix hot metal and in you rang my lord which is a a perry and croft production so perhaps she's just a stay-at-home mum for a while but i don't know she certainly went into theater she's doing that the character this is now she's doing that age-old thing which i don't feel like it happens anymore probably because of smartphones and the rest and the like where you're sat down with family members being shown either a slideshow of photos or a videotape in this instance from a holiday trip traditionally a bit of a boring activity but quite exciting if you're presenting it like the very yeah. enthusiastic jennifer is in this scene which i i like sitting down and look at people's photos if they're in the family but obviously in this case they're there for hours aren't they I yeah, think his reference is five to eleven at one point, and they didn't get home till they till gone two. Yeah, so it gets to the point where it's quite antisocial because she's just sh- showing, and also the content she's showing, she's showing the, a live birth of uh, little Jackie. Yeah, and uh, the the death of a duck being backed duck. over by a Land Rover. <laughs> Do you feel like the names should be the other way around? Like Jennifer should be called Jackie. Jackie's I feel like it's an older name. Jennifer should be the daughter's name. So like the wrong way around. Yeah, that's just in my opinion, anyway. There's a brilliant bit with like as in the opening scene when we're looking at the three of them, you can't actually make out Kylie yet on Victor's lap. It's kind of very well hidden. It is very well, isn't it? The cardigan is draped over, so you can't see from the light and the angle that that Kylie's there yet. So it adds to the gag further down the line. I forget every time until Victor wakes up and thinks, you know, makes that uh, hernia gag, doesn't he? Yeah. We hear they've been holidaying in Lulworth Cove and Durdle Door which is a really lush. I mean, if you, if you can get to the South Coast, it's really picturesque. It's it's probably England's answer to uh, the Algarve Coast, because obviously you went to the Algarve, didn't you, not long ago? Oh, a couple of weeks back, yeah. Yeah, and I absolutely loved it when I went with my uh, Richard Webber book in hand. Have you got the Webber book now? Because I think you said you were ordering it or something. It did. Oh, it did. I was in Portugal when because I, I was looking for the beach, the, the Algarve. Yeah. Uh, yeah, So and there's a few of them that look very very similar. 
and I was yeah. trying to do my best. I was watching the episode on the phone and going around, so I was going for walks. I, I, I got a little <laughs> bit exactly of, I got I a little doing. bit obsessed about it there for a while. So. <laughs> it's exactly what I was doing. I, I don't think I ever really found that bit with the steps that comes down from the cliff tops. Yeah, we're sure uh, we're talking thirty years, so the the you know they would have been redone or yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all beautiful, and it goes on for miles, doesn't it? So it's be really difficult to pinpoint exactly where yeah. they filmed that, but uh, yeah. Love to go back to the Algarve, absolutely. Yeah, so Jennifer's doing a bit of commentating of what they're saying. So it looks like Victor is fast asleep at this stage. Has the tortoise on his on his lap. Watch out, he's got the pastry. He's got the pastry. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, this is the first of the few pastry nightmares. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what... It, I've never known what the origins of that joke is is it supposed is i suppose it's just a make up your own mind kind of thing have yeah, you got a theory why he was having nightmares or the only thing I could, pastry? I, this is the first pastry reference and he would have seen kylie earlier on is there any way that kylie just put the image of a pastry into his head and <laughs> he can't get, mm. can't get it out i really i'd love to know maybe it's just one of those things that should never be answered it was, it's just one of those i wonder if um mr swaney's mother who made didn't they? Didn't she make them some carrot cake or something? They use it as a yeah, door drop, wedge. Drop scones as well, and they make a rockery. And <laughs> that's right. So I wonder if she's made them a, a really hideous pastry dish, and he doesn't want any more of it. I don't know, but quite, quite possibly, <laughs> actually, that's a that's a good theory. I think we'll go with your theory. Yeah, we'll go with that for now. But I'm sure listeners will have their own theories. Oh, it's just nice. Just, it's fun just to speculate. I'm sure that's why David does that half the time. Like you know, you don't know if Margaret did the deed in the final episode or not. It's good to talk about it. You know, yeah, year in a, year out. No, don't don't answer all the questions. It's 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 yeah. it's leave something open for the viewer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Has someone been using TCP? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we we do see rather amusing figure in the background through the frosted windows. I, is Auntie I love Norma? That. Does does Auntie Norma want to come in at all? Do you think? No, no, she's fine out there. She's a bit shy with people. She doesn't know that well. <laughs> She feels safe behind frosted glass. She doesn't think we can see her. <laughs> Auntie Norma, and it's just, it's its nearly like an homage of, of uh, Mr. Sweeney's mother. You know, it's kind of, it's maybe true. before she became a bit bedbound, that was their relationship, you know. The, 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 I think David has a great thing of eccentric old women <laughs> come up a lot. funny. <laughs> eccentric old women are the funniest. It's, it's, it's a bit of an unusual thing, because to stereotype for a minute, I feel old people tend to appreciate company, unless she's more than aware of what Victor can be like. But Victor's perfectly reasonable chap if, if he's not being wound up. Yeah, it's it's just what makes that joke, what signs that joke off, you know, in a complete way is that Jennifer says she doesn't think she, we can see her. It's not two way glass. <laughs> yeah. So this Auntie Norma thinks, oh, I'm getting away with this. I don't. I know I'm an introvert and and shy, and I don't want to have anything to do with this lot. But I want to see what they're doing. Oh, they can't see me. It's okay, but yeah, of course. And we'll see her again later on, won't we? She's there. And <laughs> yeah, I do have to return. Yeah. Was was there? There was talk of uh, um, Auntie Norma being taken to on a walking ho- holiday in, in the Welsh mountains, isn't it? Yeah. And Jennifer, the way she responds is, "Why would we take her?" Well, yeah, we are actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the problem? I don't see why. Yeah, her walking frame. So on a walking a holiday, holiday with someone who already uses a walking frame. I know. <laughs> Just responds in, initially in disbelief, as if to say, like. Would we really take this elderly lady who needs a walking stick to get about you know, on a holiday in Wales? And then to, to state as a matter of fact that she would be going. Just yes, but of course a... we are. Yeah, <laughs> Why wouldn't we? But that Auntie Norma is played by Pat Worth. 
she only appeared in one more show um, after this, some 15 years later, in something called 1999. Uh, Otherwise, she's barely in, she's in the Doctor Who and the Bill, but yeah, I, I don't know if this is just... Because whenever I see an extra or uh, an actor, actress doing a cameo role and they've not been in anything, I always assume it's one of the crew's family relatives who's just got a, a, an easy gig. Oh, we just yeah. need some old lady to look through the window. Can you do that? I wonder if she <laughs> yeah. was one of the crew's gran or something. So J- Jennifer continues to root through the videos and she wants to find a Jackie early 86 video, which is my year of birth. I think, right, this is a long time ago. Um, and it's funny, she, she asked Margaret to pass. Well, she just checks if it's a two-hour or three-hour tape, much to Margaret and Victor's internal displeasure. Oh, it's a three-hour. <laughs> the reaction of Richard Dare. <laughs> It, the way he caves into himself it's just it, it was the worst thing you could have heard and to see them both suffering though together margaret and victor and in silence because usually one of them would go off on a rant so this is yes. one of those unusual times where they're both together they're both in this they have to see it out although yeah. margaret's margaret does get kind of pleasure out of watching victor squirm here for the next minute or so there is you can see it in I'm her sure face she that, does yeah i'm sure she does she, She's gone to the point the something to entertain herself here because the obviously what's on the television isn't and to watch Victor start to squirm is you I, can see the her eyes light up. Not only is it getting off eleven o'clock at night, but they're being gonna be shown a life birth of yes. little Jackie, which turns Victor's stomach, doesn't it? Which he asked for some Al- Alka Seltzer. Yeah, which I thought was a brilliant get outline in that. Like, you know, would you like some more wine? No, no, you wouldn't have any Alka Seltzer at all. It's a real <laughs> He should have brought some of the Andrew Liver salts that he fed uh, Gene in the first series. But... The carpet cleaner, yeah. The carpet cleaner solution. <laughs> Great little scene that is. It was uh yeah. I wish we had more Jennifer because clearly Victor and Margaret can't act themselves around her. So that brings a different dynamic to the uh, the episode, I think, because they're just too polite. Yes, they're, they're way too polite. Yeah, they're way neither of them are showing their, their, their true colours. <laughs> well, eventually the Maldries do get back home and it's referenced by Margaret as 10 past two. The reason for their visit is to look after Kylie the tortoise. Uh, yeah, and it as, looks as, like they're bringing a cake home first. It's a, it's in a, it's a white square box. It looks like they just took you know she said oh yes. take some cake home. It's a cake box. We... Yeah, it's it's definitely a cake box. My my the half bakes and she's got loads of those and stuff. So yeah, that, that clearly is. So Jennifer and the family are off on holiday for a week, presumably to Wales. That's obviously referenced already. Margaret plays down Victor's worries about being responsible for Kylie. She's stopped in her tracks as... Oh, by the way, because Victor's had a couple of hours worth of sleep, he's obviously not going to go to yeah, bed see, he's now. Wide, he mentions he's wide awake now because he spent he spends a good bit of this episode asleep, actually, which is... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's just invested in his evening quite well, but although it does mean he's going to be a night owl now, so he'll probably be hanging the next day. But as they enter the living room, and this happens a few times in the series... Because I love the sound effects. Yes, the the the, the incidental music. It's, it's uh, like it's, there's there's a later. I think I don't know if it was only a story in series four or five. Is Jean that when Mrs. Warboys is yeah is underneath? That's the, another the, wallpaper episode, isn't it? Yeah, and they get that did did that just adds they just add something, doesn't it? Yeah, and this is a similar kind of incidental. And it's uh, one music. of the rare times we see the other side of the house, which is unusual. Where it's panning across from the dining room. To the living room, and yeah, you we don't see ever fireplace. see that fourth wall. Yeah, yeah, and it's quite rare. There might be a couple of other examples where you see a side wall next to Victor in his where he sits in his armchair, but you never see that fireplace or the corner no. of the room or the, no. or the television. No, you always see it from the from the television looking in. You're, yes, yeah, a big mix up in communication. Sorry, you were out. 
who thought I'd make a start anyway, had managed to get the worst of it off and backed up ready for the dustman to come back Monday to start sanding down the woodwork. Cheers, Stan. Victor's been pretty naive here. It's quite... I don't know if this is in his... I don't feel like this would be in his nature to be this... I know he can be clumsy, but he's usually quite untrusting or... Is it untrusting the word or he's a very regiment he's very regimental usually in in a lot of things but very but we're tradesmen he, he he will screen them and he will make sure he's got the right man for the job and he won't go by so you know he he might have had a few cowboys do work for him in the past and he won't go but the fact he's <laughs> so he's he's not even spoken to this stan it's stan's mate at the pub is it sid sid down the pub yeah sid down the pub who said I, we don't need him anymore? Whatever, whatever yeah. the line was. He said it, he I didn't sh- know how how to get hold of him, so he told his mate Sid down the pub. And Margaret's brilliant comeback line, of course, there is. Well, why didn't you try Dodge City? That's where all the other cowboys <laughs> hang out, and it's just it's a Which, brilliant it's cowboy film, isn't it? Dodge City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to and look that up. Obviously, gives that great line of didn't know where to get hold of him around his bloody neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's brilliant, she. Yeah. Chippy. I mean, he's said Chippy Joe. Mr. Laverick, uh, the locksmith, the plumber, um, um, McKendricks. Although he got on well with the McKendricks, but he's maybe he has got a bit of a track record for not yeah, hiring. Yeah, locksmith, locksmiths that that lock you into your own house. Yeah, the car <laughs> lucky road, depending. And the build, I'm sure. Um, yeah, Series Six builders where he got um, they brick wall. They break them yeah. in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, a ridiculously bad track record when it comes to tradesmen. God, but twelve pound fifty a roll they've spent. And uh, yeah, it's just oh, heartbreaking. It infuriating for Margaret. I don't know if you. I put this on Twitter. Did you spot Annette through the? You know when she storms off upstairs, she actually because the set finishes. I think it's just a landing. You can yeah. see her slow down. If you wind no, it back, I... if you zoom in, she sort of hesitates halfway up and then puts one more, takes one more step, but she's definitely stopped because there's clearly not a apart from a, maybe a landing area. There's not any other set up there. So you have to, if you play it back, just tell me if you see that. But even even the, the way it was so well done is that the paper wasn't completely stripped off. So it's, it's not as if the room was a blank canvas again. There was loads up on top, all across. It was all like really badly stripped mm. off. So it just adds to their workload again. That it, Like he says, oh, I bagged most of it up for the dustman. But really, the <laughs> place is in an absolute chaos. And it's, it's he's left like the worst bits to get off the bits that take all the longest time still have to come off <laughs> so, this is why i think it's probably better just have playing white walls but, but yeah there you go oh yeah I, 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 wallpaper is banned from any house that i will ever have because it's just <laughs> too 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 much too much maintenance again do people put, use wallpaper anymore probably but i don't know if it's yeah, just feature walls and things i think mm. maybe one wall gets wallpapered now as a kind of a feature but all i remember was because in our house, and there were six of us there. It, I mean, anytime we were cooking anything on a on a kind of a wet day, and in the kitchen, it, it, like the wallpaper was nearly falling off, and it was it was happening like what? Gee, what happened, <laughs> Mrs. Warboys? It's just wallpaper just only lasted about a year or two in our house, and had to be redone <laughs> again. So yeah. Oh bless. Well, anyway, now I don't know how far this is into the future. They still got Kylie, but the or... wallpaper is redone in the background, so it has to. be I was thinking minutes. of what point they got Kylie for a week. Well, yeah, Margaret's on. The hunt for Kylie, Victor seems seems to have a bit of a, um, a bit of a bit of a sense of humour about where Kylie is. He said he put a, uh, <laughs> he say put with the four baby gherkins with... <laughs> in each so corner. That, yeah. so that might 
he maybe has got a bit of a funny sense of humor in this episode, you know, based on the suicide note from earlier when he, when he said about much oh, cheaper being here. But anyway, the doorbell goes and Victor calls out to Mark that if it's that's you know, the sky satellite. I, I, I love that. I remember that line as a kid because my father was a Buddy Holly fan. And I just remember, you know, <laughs> if that's another if that's another guy who looks like Buddy Holly trying to sell a sky digital, tell him about blind and deaf, which is just brilliant. <laughs> and obviously we'll see this salesman later dressed up like a Buddy Holly type. Yeah, a bit of just a, a dig at sky satellite dishes on the sides of houses, I suppose. I yes, he says he'd a... rather weld a B-Day to the side of the house than have one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, into the garden, yeah, they're they're trying to find Kylie. Well, Victor is anyway. He sees the back fence is open. He goes down the alleyway behind the fence before seeing... Well, before we get there, as he comes out of the alleyway, because I've been to Trisillian Way, he comes out onto a main road. You don't, you wouldn't come onto the main road if you just out of um just in case anyone wants to know if you out of that alleyway will just be the garages and a cul-de-sac area with the woodlands bit to your right but obviously you know it's not as straightforward as that if you're filming on location so he yeah. walks out onto the a oh it's a main road i suppose within a residential area to see that poor little kylie is being run over basically by the the, the white line technicians i don't know yes and, and it's the build up it's the build up with the music as well to that no, he's looking for Kylie. There's that mm. kind of nearly half detective music. He's snooping. He's looking for <laughs> Kylie. And, and then the, the big reveal when you see them in the background, the, the guys painting the white lines. And it's this is where you see like how good of a physical actor Richard Wilson is because he's it's he, it's his stance is funny as he walks up. You can see yeah. <laughs> he's so dejected when when poor Kylie starts to walk away from the white line. It's, it's always favorite. funny when it's, it's always funny when you see the character's re- reaction first before you see what he's seeing yes. or she. And it, I it think it'd be more more effort for them to run over. It'd be less effort if they just. Well, I suppose that's the point. Moved Kylie rather than do a perfect line over the shell, but they can't exactly go around it because they because then that would just spoil the. Uh... But yeah, I think it's the, the line he sh- when he shouts out, "You lady bastards! Could you maybe move her out of the way first? <laughs> Which is for me. Like people say, I, I don't believe it. It's his catchphrase. But the amount of time Victor uses the word bastards in bastards that is fantastically, funny, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it, and that really emphasizes the B completely. Like it, it gets a real <laughs> with the skip when the when he gets the phone call about how to use his long play VHS player that was robbed. And there's some great bastards in there. It's always <laughs> it's a great bastard. There's always a the way he says I don't believe it. There's always a variation to how he delivers that line as well so it's always yeah, a unique i don't believe it yeah yeah and when he's when he can barely get the line out that's just when it's funniest i think in the kitchen mrs warboys well we're in the kitchen from mark's point of view but then we cut to jean coming out of the downstairs toilet clutching a bottle of uh hair, hair tonic isn't it she's hair tonic yeah just would be stimulate uh, chris's roots is what <laughs> she's handy for chris um and Margaret thanks Jean for a, a plant that came yesterday. So obviously it's the Meldrews anniversary. Jean, I men I remember reviewing this last time when I first recorded this episode alone. Why is Jean momentary disgruntled at the plant arriving the day before? I told them the fifteenth. Yes, it's never well, it's, it's just touched upon for a second, and I didn't really get that either. I don't know why it matters because is is the well she I told him the fifty so is it come a day late then? Is that all she's oh, it's come early, no? Well, uh, no, early, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Tomorrow's the sixteenth, yeah. Yeah. So why is it a problem? I don't know. Shouldn't read into it. Jennifer's been very generous and got Victor and Margaret and Lesnar's musical tickets. 
Margaret's a bit not down, but she she hasn't got an outfit for the uh, the night out. So they quickly arrange to pop into London. It's, it's a bit of a small debate on where the Meldries are based. Some think, oh, they're, they're obviously in the Christchurch region. Others say, no, somewhere outskirts of London, which I think is outskirts of London. Oh, you definitely. Don't just pop into London, London. Do you? No, well, not from Christchurch anyway, but like no. as much as I know of London, uh, I definitely, it's like it's commuter. It's a, it's on the commuter belts, on the outer ring of London, I presume they live. So, I mean, London is accessible by train, which we know from the very last episode. Like, uh, it's like a commuter train in and out. So, you're probably talking 45 minutes in yeah. to the centre of London. That yeah, kind of way. That's, what I, that's, what I, that's what I would say, definitely. In comes Victor. Obviously, Jean asks if he's been using TCP. Obviously, put Jean is bound brilliant. to drop herself in it, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> which, which is, when he mentions it was five days ago, like so, it just gives us that. It's so strong. He does his sardonic mock phone call routine, announcing to the United Nations, apologising uh, to the whole of Which is not. This is the second time he's done the phone thing, isn't it? He did it in series one when Mahatma Gandhi's just leaving. So, and he <laughs> does it again in in uh, oh yeah. Specials. When yeah, he, he does he, it in Starbound, doesn't he? Yes, when, when they receive start, all the uh, amputee legs, artificial yeah. limbs, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it does backfire on him sometimes. Why has Victor been to the hospital? He's just come back, hasn't he? Um, so, like, this is to bring the um, sample, isn't it? That the doctors required. Do we know why? What's the matter with him? No, but he's been using TCP, and now he's having to give a urine sample. But there's always something wrong with Victor. He's always <laughs> having to collect. You know, as Mr. Swaney would say, don't get the anus all here. He's, and the, nor- the nurse at reception <laughs> would announce to a packed reception room that for his hemorrhoid medication <laughs> prescription. So, yeah, he's got a few ailments with his waterworks sometimes as well. So, you know, the medical dictionary he refers to, that's David Remick's actual yes, medical. That's, yeah. I remember David saying that in one of the, the, the interviews with yourself. I love that. Yeah. I just love the fact that David's probably, I don't love the fact he's like that in real life because I don't want him to be worrying, but it's just so. It's a trait of David that got into Victor, yeah. It's a personal trait. It's fascinating that every, yeah, every, almost every trait you see of Victor probably comes from David, so. But yeah, David is such a calm and, and gentle soul. He's, he doesn't, well, you might have a rant in behind closed doors about stuff, but from my experience, he doesn't seem like Victor on the on the surface, anyway. It's not, it's not as highly strong, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think Jean leaves, doesn't she? She's, uh, you know, she's going to meet Mark in the next day or, or, or whatever. Then comes the gag clinch of using the hair tonic bottle to store his urine. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it does, Margaret doesn't realise until uh, he said he couldn't find any of the bottle. Yeah, so I realizes... spent all that time sterilising that old hair tonic bottle. <laughs> just, and that, and again, oh. you see Margaret just collapse into herself like it's just... Oh, no, that was funny. I, yeah. I, I genuinely laughed at her head-in-hands moment at the kitchen sink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was still time to tell Jean that. Just ring her, say, do not leave a voicemail. <laughs> do not <laughs> let Chris, unless she doesn't like Chris and thinks I'll sod it, you know, because he well, will possibly, go off with yeah. another lady. Because he never calls around with her. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Kylie is still missing. Oh, we obviously we see a box on the floor with the straw. It's obviously been tipped over. So naughty Kylie is uh, left again. I, I presume they found her then left again. Oh, I don't know. And Victor's burning some grass in, uh, in an incinerator. Yeah, and he's port- humming away to himself. He's having a nice moment. He's doing the garden, nice day, all that. He's actually... <laughs> What's he humming now? I, I tried to figure out. I'd love to know what that is. It sounds like a concerto type yeah, orchestral definitely. Brahms. <laughs> we see him adding the fuel to the fire. 
you know, which is like it's, it's simple in itself. Literally, like, literally adding fuel to, to the fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think of it like that before. Is that a bit excessive to burn grass like that? Do you need petrol? Um, like, it's the quickest way, at the very least. But yeah, I don't think the neighbours be too impressed. But anyway, is this a time before <laughs> you could put your green bins out? I don't know if it's the same thing where you live, but obviously you know uh, you've got garden yeah, waste. Well, the, the brown bins here. Yeah, I suppose that was. Yeah, they didn't really come into Ireland until the early 2000s, I think, really, as a, as a kind of a, they were issued to you then, you know, well, beforehand, it was something you have to yeah. think on yourself, yeah. Margaret takes a look at the, the grass that's on fire, and it, it, she's immediately suspicious of Paul Kylie could be in there. There's some intense dark music played, and they both, it's when they both realise Kylie is smouldering. Even though she prods her like a, a stick in there, I, I just wince, because I think you need to be a lot quicker than that, just tip the thing over quickly yeah. you, you know like they're both a bit he- hesitant and unsure but probably were sure they're just yeah, hesitant and <laughs> she's definitely dead at that point when we when that scene opens up with victor poor and the petrol and it's already on fire isn't it so it's not like it's there, just happened there, in the last few seconds yeah i think i'm not sure because we see him pick up a huge clump of grass and and it's kind of half full and then you see him put in and it fills it to the top Margaret's kind of pointing halfway through. So I believe Kylie was in that pile that he'd been raking up mm. just there. So maybe if they were quicker off the mark, you know, <laughs> she'd still be with us. <laughs> R.I.P. But it's a it's a really good prop, though, isn't it? The tortoise dummy or whether it's a taxidermy tortoise. On the shovel, yeah. On the shovel. Because it's smouldering. It's it's that's fire. It's not special effects, is it? Or uh, it, it is genuine, yeah. It's smouldering, it's on fire. Yeah. Yeah, and it brings that, it brings that full that joke full circle then with the sky digital guy coming in. Buddy, buddy comes round. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Barney is his name. Barney, just... that's it. Uh, my name's Barney. I wonder if I might just ask you a few questions on the subject of satellite television. There's no obligation to buy. Does it look like a bloody convenient moment? <laughs> I won't give you a Margaret. Well, he's roaring for Margaret, but your man continues with the sales pitch. You know, it's a rehearsed sales pitch. If he cuts himself <laughs> off, he'll have to nearly go back to line one and redo it again because I'd say he doesn't know how to, to sell it <laughs> sell it individually. Oh, but it's it's too little too late when Margaret sprays Paul Kiley and then sprays Buddy. Is that a routine with Buddy Holly? Was that water spraying in the face is that what oh, it's very it's very cartoonish when margaret turns around because she turns her entire body and the hose is in her hand she's very upright and she yeah. does that whole it's very cartoonish nearly and straight into the face it, it you it'd be like something like bugs bunny you know it's that kind of literally that that <laughs> that comedy turn comes, yeah comes around yeah it's... especially when he gives the names like tony blackburn and Derek jameson as if that's going to sell you sky digital <laughs> and that was the that was the moment that margaret said no i've had enough of this so that night presumably it's that night victor's having another pastry dream god's sake shut up what's the matter will you stop going on about that bloody pastry every time you fall asleep He's quite perplexed because he wakes up, denies he's dreaming of such a thing. And it's yeah. highlighting that thing we do, isn't it? When we dream of weird and random stuff, sleep talking, whatever, and we obviously we deny we ever mentioned such a thing. But she, um, yeah, she's looking, Mar- Margaret's looking through the pet column in the in the local newspaper. Victor's assertive with her. But that, that's be, Victor. But he he's be very honest. assertive. Yeah, he is very assertive in his in life. You need to be honest with this, yeah. Yeah. I'm just and, thinking... Uh, is he has he learnt from we won't come to this until series three episode one who was it he, he was looking after someone's hamster oh he yeah uh, a suicide yeah uh, said he jumped in the way of a speeding marble that was um 
What's his name? What's he, um, uh, Billy, Billy thought, Whitney? Not Billy Whitney. Yes. Um, Billy? It was, wasn't it? The old school friend, and he taught you uh, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Todd Victor or Steve. You'd yeah. remember him, Steve. Yeah. So maybe Victor's thinking, well, I've been here before when I've lied about an animal I've looked after dying or being killed. But you don't know it at this stage because that episode doesn't exist yet. But retrospectively speaking, it has happened. Yeah. Dig deep into his character. Maybe he's. But Victor often is wants to be the more honest one, doesn't he? He wanted to uh, B- Billy Whitney. Is it Billy Whitney? I have to just just check. So I can do my head in. <laughs> but he he tries to tell the truth in that scene, doesn't he? With um. Yeah, and he gets a, a right good kick off Margaret under the table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something something a bit harder than a kick. Yeah, it is Billy. Richard Davies plays Billy, yeah. Billy and Meg, isn't it? Meg is Margaret's co-worker at the florist. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so Margaret's awful. I mean, what would you do? What would you do in that situation? Uh, I Kind of what Victor does. I would exp- I would tell the truth, but uh, I wouldn't be telling him we fancied some chicken or some tortoise tikka kebab, as he <laughs> describes it to Margaret during him. And it, um, but, yeah, I would have been, I, I suppose, honest, yeah, because it's it's... It, yeah. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be honest about how she died. That's you know? that's very true. You could probably bend the truth there. Just, but then you still got to explain how they died. What is what? Yeah. I'm, I'm keen to know what you'd say. Uh, how are you? How are you going to buff the small the the, the, the tortoise up to like <laughs> from a, from a black smouldering tortoise to? Oh yeah, it just died peacefully with a sunstroke. You know, just <laughs> sunstroke, even with a shell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's I think people might might be split on this, but Victor is demonstrating what you morally what is morally right. But then people would argue that because it's a little girl's pet, that's the that's the angle Margaret's coming from, isn't it? Yeah, I don't it's know. Protecting I, protecting the innocence of the little girls, or Margaret's coming from, where Victor is trying to be the more direct. Yeah, I think yeah, they've both got really good intentions. Margaret's you know she's not being sneaky for the sake of being sneaky. She because it's a little girl's pet. And the thing is, tortoises will live for 100 years, so this has got yeah. to be perfect match because they're going to know over time if it's got a slight different pattern on its shell. or That's exactly it, yeah. Or whatever. Well, it's even the, the, what Victor's description of, you know, and he's saying, like, we'll know. You know, we know the real one was cremated to death in the back garden. It didn't just die. It, it was cremated to death. It's Victor's <laughs> description of it is brilliant. You mentioned a t- tortoise kebab line, wasn't he? Yeah, it was, uh, that's what we just say. Oh, no, we fancied some tortoise tikka kebab. So it's really, tortoise again, t- that's... <laughs> tortoise tikka kebab. Hmm. I wonder if there's any cultures out there who, who would eat tortoise or turtles, or I think you know. if you, if you look hard enough, there's there's everything is edible in in certain cultures around the world. It, yeah, yeah, I think so. Do you know when the next time a tortoise features in Wolf in the Grave? Um, oh, the, is it the last episode with the table? Yes, it is. Oh, it's yeah. a massive old shell, isn't it? I don't know if it's real or not, but yeah, it's quite. You know, so you know, people probably probably got their ideas about that sort of thing, but it's quite fascinating. Don't know if I'd want it or not myself, but yeah, there's no other tortoise references here on out. I don't think there's someone here with a tortoise for sale in Dockrill Road. Now I could pop in there first thing in the morning. I said no. <laughs> no. Right. <sighs> I said no. Keep away from me. 
pastry. Gum of that pastry. <laughs> It catches you out, doesn't it? Because Margaret continues to read through the uh, the columns, and he says, "Oh, I, I said no," and she's like, oh, "Okay, no more pastry." <laughs> and he goes into another pastry dream within seconds. So we're in the kitchen. Margaret is off to London. Like I said, one of the first clues where they might live. It just sounds like they're popping out rather than, "Oh, we've got to get a train and we've got to get a, you know, a bus in." It's it sounds like they're like you said, forty forty five minutes away probably, and. Meanwhile, Victor's sterilizing another bottle for his sample. Apologizes Mar- for Mr. Warboy's hair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She she asks Victor if he's taken his tranquilizers again. He's been taking tranquilizers since jetting off to Athens in the end of series yeah. one. Yeah. So I wonder what's going on. Is it just stress? Is it Oh no, well, like it's it's literally just a bottle he needs. So it could have been one or two tranquilizers left after after the <laughs> holiday, and he just needed the bottle. It was the only suitable. Yeah, yeah. What's the worst that could have happened for Chris Warboys with the with the piss in his hair? <laughs> Would it just be unpleasant and smelly and yeah, be a, a rather pungent odor would be emanating <laughs> from him. Yeah, pungent's the word. Oh, and tell Mrs. Warboys I'm sorry about Mr. Warboys' hair. <laughs> yeah, so is he by all accounts. <laughs> See you later. As Margaret exits, Victor is sort of gearing himself up to make the the phone call to Jennifer to apologise about Kylie, which we switch to Jennifer's at this point where she, I think she asks the young Jackie to stop playing with the camcord or something and to help yeah, and the go, line. Go. <laughs> Again, a, lo- a one line where you don't need to see what's happened. It's just funny. Don't play with that, darling. Um, go and help Daddy get Auntie Norma's foot out of the glove compartment. <laughs> <laughs> Just another example of the briefest of bizarre moments. Like I said, don't need to see, but it's clearly hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I would actually like to see maybe outside of Jennifer's house from a distance, but you can see the car window and you can see the old old woman struggling to get her foot out of the glove compartment. You would need to see well, it, is it, is it an arti- Is it not an artificial foot? Oh, right. Because she's got a walk I think because in that scene, it's very hard to see because the little girl comes in very quickly. But um, I think when she comes back in, when... Jennifer's on the phone. I think she's carrying something and I can't make out whether it's an artificial foot or not. I didn't even think of that. I just thought she was just being really clumsy and stupid and stuck her foot in the <laughs> But you could be right. I-, I feel silly now. It probably is that. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to watch it again. I'd have to look closer on, on, on... Here's another question. When will you next see or hear of a not an artificial foot but just a singular foot cut off uh, from the one, body? One foot in the algar. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I mean that that was a very amusing, uh, amusingly delivered line from Jennifer just to get Jackie out of the room so she can have this chat with with um, with Victor. I, I did originally think why hasn't Jennifer picked up Kylie yet? But they have just got back because their suitcases are there in the living yeah. room, aren't they? So, so Victor does get to be fair, gets right to the point, breaks the news, tries to explain the build up to a sudden death. She went out into the back garden. Is what happened, yeah, and she must have a big one. Quite peacefully, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what makes that funny, isn't it? Quite, yeah. Because you don't have to hear her ask the question. It's no. funny him just saying, "We know what she's asked," and he's got to kind of tell a white lie, essentially. Quite peacefully, yeah, I think. quite peacefully, I suppose. It's, it's I suppose. Very sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he ever revealed what actually happened based on him downplaying the slowness of the, of the death. I don't know. Pr- presumably not. Jennifer looks a bit gutted as we see Vic hanging up the phone. He's obviously very gut wrenched, isn't he, at delivering that sort of news. 
Um, like I said, at least he didn't palm off as a suicide. He's just honest <laughs> this time. And um, and that's this is the first scene since the previous cock up with the wallpaper. This is where you actually see they obviously in that week managed to rectify the wallpaper issue because it's all back to yeah. normal, isn't it? So just a little pointless observation there. So now Jean and Margaret pull up in. A Vauxhall is it? Is it? Mar- is it Jean? Is Jean driving? Yeah, Jean's always had a Vauxhall Corsa a lot of the time. I've noticed. So I, I actually was sad enough to look up the registration on the DVLA website, government DVLA website, and the car was first registered in 1990, and the last logbook information was 2002. But that car is supposed to be new in 90. 19- this is 1990. The it still looks like an old banger back then, doesn't it? it still the, looks certain cars in it. Uh, um... Always looked old from yeah from the showroom yeah yeah just I was just intrigued to know if that number plate was real was it was it well it was but it's obviously being crushed now I would have thought so they're just that Margaret has indeed gone out purchased Kylie uh, two two point naught faux Kylie against the wishes of Victor this is where the communication breaks now she must have known Victor was intended to ring Jennifer but she just not this is all within the space of her leaving the house to this moment so so she when when she left the house with Jean when Victor went to pick up the phone Margaret probably thought I've got some time on my hands to get this and just get it done and then I could tell Victor but yeah it's just sod's law that Victor got that phone call done straight away but there you go Jean was just reassuring Margaret she's doing the right thing you know what's more important upsetting a young child's uh feelings or or protecting that little girl's yeah yeah basically back I think we flip we switch back to Victor's date, mate. Yeah, I love that. We're just as Annette is leaving, and she's uh, that miscommunication with her and, Je- and Jennifer. And just as she's leaving, and Jennifer's trying to mouth to her that she hasn't told her the news yet, and Margaret's just doing that innocent kind of nodding and smiling and wanting to get out of there as quick as possible. And there's that last scene as she's leaving, and there's Auntie Norma again peering through the she's glass, there. and she, she gets such a little kind of fright as she walks out. There. It's a great reaction from Annette. Before we're at Jennifer's, he does switch back to Victor coming out the toilet, frustrated, can't produce a sample, which sets up more misunderstandings later. Because yes. he just collapses on the sofa, reading through that massive book full of paints. Then it yeah, cuts to Jennifer's again, Mark awkwardly handing over faux Kylie as uh, Jennifer looks on, completely bemused and confused like you would be. She's thinking, what the hell's... I mean, to be fair, you would hand back the dead animal because it's not yours to have. They probably want to bury it. Yeah. But she, I think, obviously, from Jennifer's point of view, it's just, again, so many misunderstandings in this episode. It's just so funny that Mark has no idea. Yeah, she's telling, weather. she's telling the girl that she can play with her and everything now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's appropriate, yeah. But anyway, yeah, Margaret's probably thinking, oh, I've done a good thing here. But, you know, walking out, you know, pleases punch, no doubt. You can take her out in the garden now, can't you, and play with her? <laughs> I don't think that's such a good idea, do you? Yeah, like I said, Auntie Norma again. <laughs> Still there. That young Jackie, I, I looked up her IMDb, This the actress, uh, Lydia Henderson Boyle. She's not been hardly, hardly anything. Again, this could be one of the crew's child or whatever. But in 1993, she's credited as being in Mr. Bean as the irritated mother. How old is she going to be in 93? She's going to be like 12, isn't she? Um, they must have that wrong. I, I'd have to look at the Mr. Bean episode, but she down as... Do you, are you familiar with Mr. Bean? Oh, you, yeah. He, absolutely, yeah. You know the, the episode where he... It's got a baby. Oh, we're at the, the carnival. At a carnival. Yeah, and he's, yeah. 
And there's like she's so this actress is down as irritated mother. Can't be right. No, she's either that or just a, a similar name, or maybe possibly very same name and just yeah, probably it's got to be a mistake. Yeah. Anyway, like I said earlier, the, the tortoise plot. I don't think it would have worked with any other animal. I think it just works that it doesn't move. Oh, you, you you like to think Jennifer, unless she didn't got the stomach for it, would have looked at that tortoise one last time, and she might have just seen his head move slightly, and it would have we wouldn't get to where we get to the final. <laughs> yes, Tragic. I think it works. It works again with a tortoise because tortoises. There wouldn't have been any, if it was like a kitten or anything like that. There would have been, you know, a scream or you know, or uh, it would have been painful. The tortoise couldn't get away. It's silent, yeah. so if it, it, it it's very easy to work with, and it, it makes sense then. Otherwise, another yeah. animal would have moved, and Victor would have known he was lifting something that was maybe moving about or that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Well, back at the Meldrews, uh, Victor's completely crashed out on the sofa, sprawled out with this big decorated manual with the <laughs> the funnel and the empty tube next to him, which was <laughs> brought a big laugh earlier. Once again, dreaming of pastry, but it seems to be more of a closer dream. Oh, it's all gone now. There's no more pastry. <laughs> Well, no he's defeated pastry. this pastry. Yeah, whatever has happened, it's been eaten or destroyed <laughs> or something. Yeah, it's just another one of those good moments. Um, outside, uh, Jean parks up. Uh, Margaret goes off to post something. I don't know what she's posting, uh, if it indeed matters. But Jean lets herself in the house. It wasn't as crowded downtown as we expected. I think the biggest clue yet that they, that they live in the London region, they refer to it as just downtown. I just don't think you'd say that. I'm just obsessed with this. I live about two and a half hours drive. I wouldn't say I'm just popping downtown. Anyway, sorry, I just picked that line of dialogue up just now. I was thinking, that's no, not, it can't be. They definitely live. Because uh, I, I had I Richard think... Drew on, art director. But he's, he's They definitely live in the Bournemouth region, but I think he was just assuming because that's where they filmed it, that's where they are. But you ask David, he'll say, well, it's, there's no official <laughs> address for them. You don't see their full address on purpose. So Jean lets herself in for a big, bit of a fright, should we say. She's just... That's when she says that they just been pop. They just popped downtown to, I think, get a dress for Margaret. It was, yeah. Biggest, second biggest balls up of the episode, and I think very clever because the seed that was obviously sown in the first couple of scenes with the suicide note uh, and Victor trying to fill up a bottle for his doctor really does panic Jean. By the time you read this, I will be dead. My life has become such a gutted shell. I've decided to stuff out my. Worthless existence, once and for all, for him. Oh, my God. What have you done? Oh. <laughs> she thinks the it's, worst. Doreen uh, does this so well. It's so well done with the checking Victor. And then the, she, you can see her look at the, the note and then look at the bottle. And it's just so well timed. It's, it's really well. And the audience reaction to it adds so much to it it's really good to build up it just keeps building which is something it starts as a nothing but it's just so carefully well done i think when you were uh an interview you did a while back uh you were saying the chakovian gun is it that yeah Chekhov's gun. also I, I was thinking to myself earlier surely he'd have woken up by gene tapping his hand and calling out but he's taken tranquilizer so he's going to be sleepier isn't he so that That's pays awesome. that off very yeah. well yes do you know when the next time a moment happens in one foot where Jean reads a letter and gets completely the wrong end of the stick. Oh, um, is it the when the the 
the guy who owns the chipper got Victor to write the, and she thinks Victor has fancy um, for him. Yeah, ah, Enrique. Yeah, yeah, that's three or three or three or four or four. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you are honest. I, I tell you, I haven't written you a quiz, but I'm glad I did it in a way because it would be boring. You just smash it out of the park. Ten out. Of 10, oh, no, I, this is this is like that time you know when you watch the chase. And you can when there's nobody else in the room, you are absolutely you've got eight thousand in your in your cash build around. <laughs> but then when the rest of your family just happen to be in the room, you've got one thousand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. But yeah, futility of the fly when is when that happens. Um, but yeah, she she panics and she does use initiative to be fair because she thinks he's overdosed. Yeah. Takes him to the toilet to be sick and walks around the room. Obviously, when Margaret comes in, she's absolutely panicked. I love I loved it because when Margaret comes in the back door, the first thing we hear is Victor retching, really, <laughs> really painful retching. And it's just it's a brilliant opener as you know, Margaret's coming in nice through the garden, near the birds, all the rest, and then we just cut to Victor with a retching sound. <laughs> you think they're giving that suicide note back to uh is it Matilda is it Matilda? The lady yes, the Matilda, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking mix up with Mavis, but she works with the laundrette. Dry cleaners because that letter exists and it's in. Oh, yeah, it's just left in with the wallpaper samples. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite dark in itself. You think you just, mind you, they probably think she doesn't care. She's written the price of paint on the back of that. She doesn't want that back. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, when, when um, they all get their breath back. Yeah, I don't know why there's a bit of a pause when Jean wonders what she's done because it's almost as if Margaret is really going to regret telling Jean what's happened. But I don't know if I just read far too into that moment. Yeah, I think it's just a, it's Victor catching his breath. So he's completely and he's completely bewildered. He's already roared out what's going on a few times at this stage. And Margaret's just in kind of disbelief and doesn't know how to explain to Jean that she's gotten like a, <laughs> a, a completely what well, I wouldn't say normal situation wrong. But just oh, yeah. <laughs> just another Jean. Mrs. Warboy. Yeah, absolutely. Another classic Jean moment. <laughs> We're now at the a multi-story car park where Victor and Margaret are waiting for their car to be returned to them. So they're obviously gone to, on onto this night out. First of all, I didn't know there was a service like this for regular a regular multi-story car park. I mean, uh, unless possibly, they just genuinely lost theater. it. If, possibly, th- yeah. It, like who parks? The, who gets their car parked in a multi-story car park for them? You know, valet parking because yeah. they're at the theater. Maybe I don't know. Um, you know the dress Margaret's wearing. Yes, I had to I had to load up Hearts of Darkness and check if it was the same. Oh, dress. that it was. Is it the same dress? I don't think it is. The 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 dress she wears in this is very similar, but the pattern is ever so slightly different. She's got like white flowers in this episode, slightly bigger, but the one in Hearts of Darkness there's much smaller. But I just thought it just it just immediately thought Hearts of Darkness with uh, her. Also interesting that Jean has gone with her to help choose that dress, so they've obviously got. Much to Margaret's annoyance, the same yeah, sort of similar taste. taste. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so Victor, we think they've been on a night out. Um, well, it's, that, it's that fantastic opening lines when they're there, and it's like, uh, "Oh, how's your throat now?" And Victor, you know, he's <laughs> obviously roiled up from what had happened earlier, but we don't know why he's even roiled up even more. And it's just that yeah. fine, fine. Now that Mrs. Warboys has took her finger out of it, it's just <laughs> brilliantly delivered. Uh, and we can oh, see, man. you can really see Victor's really tense in this moment like he's riled up more he's so he's so pissed isn't he the poor chap um trying to f- locate their car is just not treated that nicely by victor sternly sort of well, saying but it's an exacting of the it's the laundry it's the laundry phone call but now in real payoff, life yeah yeah and you're not related to like a, a, yeah. a, 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 a mavis down in my local dry cleaners are you? and it's just so good like 
what color, where are they, when did you bring it in? They're all the same questions, the runarounds that, that you get when these things happen. You don't know, because when, again, when you first watch this episode, the first half a dozen times over the years, you might not make that connection straight away. You just, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. I remember that from the first scene. Yeah, where but, Victor's ranting, and it's an re- exact repeat of his rant. When did you bring them in? When? <laughs> yeah. The miserable, the miserable people, right? I presume so, yes. Brilliant show. Absolutely brilliant. So I'm told by people who have actually seen it. You checked the date as well as me. June the 16th. So I suppose we should look on the bright side. The seats were very comfortable for the three and a half minutes we were sitting in them. And we did manage to get there early. One year early. <laughs> yeah, Dennis, that's, that's an easy, probably an easy mistake to make, unless you just look at the bloody tickets. Unless the tickets didn't state the year on them, it's just true, said yeah. 23rd of June, whatever, without being after they didn't. But I, I just don't know. Um, I wonder what they... You just, you just think... They're obviously sat in the seats when they for a couple of minutes. Yeah, I wonder if they just waited a bit longer. Unless they—that's how they found out because two two people came along and said this at last. Oh Did yeah, that's like that's think- happened to me. That's happened to me at a concert I was at a few years ago in the Viva Stadium in Dublin, and we were really late getting there. Yeah, and just as we got there, I walked down and there's no seats there where my seat should be, and I kind of and I have a look and I said there was and there was four of us together, and right. uh, I, I said to this, I said, "Sir, you're in my seats," and he was, "No, no, I'm not." And I checked my ticket again. I look <clears> up and it says, yeah. Oh, he says, look, row, such and such section. I says, yeah, well, you're in section thing. And I had to point right. I could see the numbers from where I was standing looking back up. I could see the numbers. And they were, <laughs> they thought, great, they had great seats right up near the stage while they were actually meant to be right down the end. And they were ridiculously disappointed. So the second they got up and sat down and we sat down, the concert started and they just they had all their drinks and everything and they were great for a great night. I had to walk halfway around the stadium to get But at least they didn't have to go home and you know, got the wrong date entirely. But I suppose I went to watch Harry and Paul live a few years ago and we had such rubbish seats. It was at this hall. You know when some some venues set the seats right on the cor- like on the corner so you, you've got such a side view and the angles is rubbish. You can't yeah, really you make don't, you don't feel like you're part of it at all. You, don't, you feel like you're literally on the sidelines, but thankfully one of the um stewards they just said that we can we just had we we were able to sit more centrally, just a little bit further back. We were sort of quite close, but right on the side. You just, you just feel like you said, don't feel a part of it. But it did mean that we were sat with two of the most annoying people. With that, they had a certain laugh about them, which was not endearing. <laughs> it was so. It was just. A, it was a very robotic laugh throughout. We were thinking maybe we would, we would have been better off on the side. I don't know. I can. I. I there is a. I had a. What you probably call a. I don't know, one foot in the grave moment. I went, so I was at Centre Parks. This is so so long ago. I had these Nike trainers, red and white trainers, and I wore them all the time to the point that they, they've just become un, unwearable after a while. But we're at Centre Parks with some mates. They had a bowling alley. And you know those shoes you got to wear? Uh, bowling, oh, yeah. Those red, white, and navy blue. Those usually red and white clown type shoes. Yes. Um, We'd been bowling. You put your shoes in like the changing area then you just swap them out for your size i couldn't find my shoes when i went back to swap them and i had to go back to the, one of the bowling lanes and some old bloke was wearing my shoes thinking they were the bowling <laughs> shoes <laughs> cheeky bastard and he didn't believe me to start i said those are my shoes and they never felt the same because his big sweaty feet were in the inside them i just i don't think i used you, them that you, much you didn't appreciate the fact he'd broken them in for you or anything no <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> 
my mates, as you can imagine, they were they were clutching their sides with laughter. But it's just, to be fair, it was funny, but that would typically happen to me. Uh, it's a but victim, it's, it's definitely as you said, it's a it's a it's a one for that's some, yeah. You can imagine that happening something like one from the Grey County, but uh, not quite the same as you know arriving a year early for a show, but just a, a mix up type thing. I never watched Les Mis. I can't give an opinion on it. Have you seen it? Or I haven't. No. So eventually, the chap comes back with what he thinks to be their um. What car is that? It's a Ford Fiesta, and Ford it's, Fiesta. it's the same color of the trousers. Even the tra- so there's yeah. another the the, the the reference to the gag. Like it's so it's it's the laundry thing just completely flipped over because he's asking what color was it? What was the reg? Victor gives the reg. Then it was a. Uh, C65 GTB. GTB, yeah. That's not my car. That's the number you just told me. It certainly is not. My mind must have been on something else. (laughs) (laughs) And the park attendant, in reality, well, I don't know. He... His mind must have been on something else, which, yeah, is the umpteen, for the umpteenth time, this stench of... of it's brilliantly timed and, just... and brilliantly <laughs> shot. Yeah, because we've kind of forgotten the TCP, but the TCP nil has been, yeah. hasn't been referenced for a while. So it was just one last nod to it, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. And that number plate doesn't exist. Obviously, I did go look that up and it doesn't exist. It wasn't recognisable. So, uh, yeah. So it was, it'd, moment... be hot, it'd be hot property for you, wouldn't it? <laughs> I just want to know. I'm just curious to know, like, what's uh, is still in circulation, not in circulation, but if certain logbooks are still active and used by yeah, someone. Yeah, certain, certain cars out of certain series is true. Comedies, like, yeah. Locked up, yeah. Cars in comedies, they go up in value, don't they? No matter what the, the vehicle is, if it's yeah. a popular sitcom, it's obviously the Reliant Regal Supervan well, is I, the most. Said- I did what what you're saying. I went to uh, to the south of Wales. I got the ferry over to Hollyhead. I bought a Ford Capri because I always wanted Del Boys Ford Capri. So I went back in 2009. I got the ferry over with my brother and we drove down all the way down from Hollyhead all the way down to the south of Wales to get a, a white Ford Capri. But I wanted I wanted the Del Boy color one now. The Capri gear. The Capri gear. Yeah, the Pratt <laughs> I really wanted it, but like I suppose I, I came across this one and I went. But I wanted it because it was in Fools and Horses. And if I had money to play with, I, I'd buy a, a three-wheeler. Because if you buy one that's been done up like Dell's car, it's, it's ridiculously expensive. But if you just get a uh, a plain three-wheeler, it doesn't even have to be a Regal. That's a good starting point. Get it spray-painted, get the, 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 logos, get the design. Yeah. All, yeah, the logos. Probably still cost a pretty penny, but... Scuff yes. it up a bit, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd love to have a, a Dell Boy cocktail bar with the wall... Again, wallpaper being the topic of this. I don't know where you'd find that. Del Boy wallpaper. I'm sure some company out there will be able to yes, you know, definitely make a copy. But I don't necessarily. I don't even drink cocktails, but I love to have that in a corner of the room. And then uh, the, and his but... big pink bed behind you as well with the gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Love Del. I just I just love to have that sort of homage. You know, yeah. I, I, there's not many sitcoms with a very distinct like living room area. Well, bottom ridiculously and... dated living room area was Dell's, you know, like yeah. it, was, it was stuck in. It was obviously decorated in the mid seventies and never touched. And uh, or mm. they did, they did redo it. Uh, I know half through the series, they kind of changed it, the look of it a bit. That wallpaper uh, was different in the first series than it in the first, first two or three, I think. Yeah, it was and just. Then... I can't tell you what that design was, but then it was like black. 
it's like a black flowery flowery yeah black on what black flowery on white mm. basically in this sorry back back on topic sorry yeah, uh, when topic. um when victor well margaret actually reveals the truth about what she did with the kylie replacement and victor obviously disclosed that he he phoned jennifer up earlier i'm not even i'm not even sure victor and margaret even contemplate what happened what therefore happened to faux kylie in the moment apart from margaret looking a bit concerned um probably the fact that jennifer would know she was lying but that just takes us to such a tragic yes. conclusion because <laughs> obviously they're, they're burying a live tortoise very dark a very clever gag yes and um, it's so well done with the, the directing here is so well done because the audience are looking at it and it's kind of the nervous laughter at the start is gone but then as each thud of the of the of the muck of the soil hits the box it gets a reaction yeah. from the audience. It's it's just adding to the you know big thought of the the <laughs> we're buried like there's no there's no doubt about this now. She's buried there as each shovelful lands on the box. It just oh, the audience dear. reaction is very good. That brings a, a bit of a, a bit of a dark ending there. So yeah, two tortoises killed in one episode. <laughs> yes. There'll be many and, animals and a, and a duck. And a duck. <laughs> and a duck, yeah. Maybe more than one duck. We don't know. I'm just thinking maybe if I called my podcast one foot in the glove compartment, would, <laughs> would people have got the reference from earlier than anti-Norman's foot if it was indeed amputated or a fake, a false foot? Don't know. We'll never know. I can't, I can't we'll it's never... too late to change it now. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was a, a very... Actually, some of these episodes, you may not go back to that regularly. When you watch them, you go, they are really funny, really clever. It's just that... Yeah. One thing the grave will evolve so much that these earlier episodes sort of don't really get as much of a look in. Yeah, I like uh, I said I said earlier on that season six was probably my favorite, but like there was season three and four there where it was in its oh, in, in its prime. So good, yeah, really good gags, and, and then you're getting more Nick Swainy and more of Patrick and Pippa in. So you you I love those episodes where they're brought in more. Like Jean is always just excellent. She's been there from the start, but. And we got to see more Nick Swainy and you got to see the more of the madness there. And then the, the rivalry, the, what builds between Victor yeah. and Patrick in, in, in kind of halfway through this series and into three and four is brilliant. So, yeah, I can understand why three and four would probably be a lot of people's favourites. I'll tell you what, though, today, I, I'm recording this on the 4th of October, but it's 32 years ago to the day that in Luton Airport, no one can hear you scream, was Ed. Because I was looking at this episode we were reviewing, that was the 11th of October 1990, so that's a week's time. So, yeah. Yeah, 32 years ago. That's crazy. Um, what would you score that out of 10 then? As a, as, a, as an episode, I'd give that seven. Seven or eight. I'll go with eight because I actually do like it as an episode. It's one of the ones I remember from my childhood. I don't remember watching every one of them from my childhood, but it was one of the ones I remember because of the tortoise, because of the TCP gag. Because yep. like that, there, there was a bottle of TCP in every house and it did <laughs> have that pungent. So it was a relatable gag for me when I was... What was I then? What year was this? This was 1991, this was it? Uh, 1990. Oh, the end of 1990. So yeah, I, like, what was I, seven? And I got that gag, you know, uh, then as a child. So it, it was, one of, it was one, of them, one of them things that stand out, I suppose. One of, one of the episodes I remember, definitely, watching as it was released. I'd have been four, but definitely, was. I probably wouldn't have been starting to watch one for until about seven. Yeah, seven or eight roughly and it would have been something on video uh back in the day when it's four channels or five channels eventually wouldn't yeah. it? No, when, you, when you had Sky. something to talk about with the people in work the next day because you all actually had to or in school because everyone watched the same thing now you have to suss out with somebody whether or not what episode of something they're on on netflix yeah. or on yeah uh, and then you, you yeah oh uh, yeah or, and, you, and then you want to discuss it with them there are three episodes behind you and you can't so just the conversation <laughs> is gone <laughs> well 
um that wraps up that so i've very much enjoyed watching that back with you graham um have you got time for a game of one foot in the desert island absolutely So, first of all, where are you flying to? Are you flying from where you live, presumably, to where, where's your destination? Uh, it has to be the Algarve. I've been there, I think, 10 times. Good and choice. It's, it's my favourite place to go, and it's a, it's got a one-foot, I suppose, tag with it. So, yeah, the Algarve, by far, it's, it's been the holiday destination for okay. a good few years now. Well, you've crash-landed, unfortunately, due to failure on flight. Uh, you're on a island, not far from Algarve, but you're on your own. However... Let's give you some company. I can magic up a one-foot character, any character from the series. I have to stress, it doesn't have to be a character we see. They Maybe they've just been spoken of. Who well, are you like, going to take and why? I racked my brains, but there's no better person in the world than Victor. I believe I would get along so well with him. I, he's an upstanding guy, trustworthy. You know, he'd like a good moan. He's a good reason to moan we're trapped on an island. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's like he's a funny, clever man. Like He's very well-versed. Yeah. I'd say he's got some great stories, as we've seen even in this episode, his sense of humour does come true in a couple of times. So I don't think I'd run out of stuff to talk to with him. So oh. definitely, Victor. I think you might be the first to have chosen Victor, actually. People have thought about it, but I like hearing new new answers. So, okay, Victor Meldrew. Would, he, yeah, would it be it's, handy it's... in a survival situation, though? If you had to um... go fishing <laughs> or fend um... off a... Uh, no, seeing that he has to get a lot of workmen into the house just to do basic tasks sometimes. And Margaret seems to be the, the, the DIYer of the house. Like She does the painting and the, the you know, well, he was good with a bit of sandpaper in the, on the uh, on the wooden doll, wasn't he? But that was a very... That's true, yeah. <laughs> sandpaper sandpaper and breasts. breasts so. <laughs> he built a, a pretty good um, doghouse for Nippy. Yeah, we, we never see the doghouse, though, do we? Do we yeah, you do doghouse? see him. You do see it very briefly in the garden. Yeah. Very, it looks pretty neat. Yeah, he's just hammering the last nail in there. Um, all right, okay, so you've got uh, Victor. As if by magic, I can give you a solar-powered portable DVD player. It's only got memory for one, up to one feature-length special. Uh, or you can have a 30 minutes. It's entirely up to you. It's the same one every day, mind. Which episode? And it's going to be weird watching it with Victor because he is Victor Maldry. It's like he's going to be. It's like he's watching a, a home movie of himself. Yes. But what episode would you like to have? And it's. It, it might get tiresome, but what's that one episode that you can trust that will, will not get boring? Uh, the last one. Things aren't simple anymore? Yeah, okay. 100%. It was a very poignant for me. I, like That was aired in November of 2000. Yeah. And I'd, my own father had died in the August of the 2000 that oh, year. Did it? Oh, okay. And it was Sorry very poignant. It was, it was very poignant, kind of in it, like you know, watching Margaret deal with loss and all that kind of thing, and and kind of going with it. And it put a good, fun spin on it. I mean, the montage at the end of that episode is brilliant. We get yeah. to see Victor at his best, doing what he was doing, and the realization that Margaret realized that she was the one, or he was protecting her from an awful lot of this outside world mishaps that happened to befall on them. So I think it's a really well done. I know an awful lot of people fans and all that don't actually like the last episode or well, I, I, if they if they i think it's a 
amazing ending it's just so sad i think a lot of people just refuse to watch it maybe on the basis that they just don't want to see victor meldred die they don't want to yeah. say goodbye to him i mean the, the you can watch him in the comic relief special but he is you know he's a ghost but apart from yeah. that it's just oh, it's something about putting on that first episode of series six going oh it's it's the countdown's on now um, yeah we're finally going to say goodbye i i can i didn't know i can never really work out why they had to because it, was, it wasn't a secret that Victor was going to be killed off, was it? But no, what was a secret was how, he was, yeah. how yes. he was killed was supposed to be the secret, which Dave was obviously pissed off about. But I wonder if they, if they just kept that under wraps, that would have been even more like crazy because yeah, just wouldn't, just wouldn't, have, wouldn't have seen it coming. But, um, yeah, I, I really like it though. I think it's so well done. Um, the whole wrap up Margaret's realization that like it, it actually shows that she really truly loved him it was mm. never really said i think she only ever says it once in, mm. in the entire series but it's a, it, it's a brilliant ending it's it kind of I, I couldn't think of there was no good way to wrap it up we couldn't keep you could never stay alive I no. think david said that he was accident that. prone he, he yeah. was a calamity he got beaten up a lot <laughs> for what he stood up yeah i mean getting a copper pipe and wrap around your head yeah and a half a set meal down your pants yeah <laughs> He was just asking for trouble, but you know, he had morals, didn't he? Good ethics. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. So, um, apart from the fact that you've got to survive off whatever vegetation's on the island and catching fish, uh, like a genie, I could magic you up a meal, any meal as featured, seen or otherwise, in one from the grave. What are you choosing? It has to be one of Victor's specials. It's because specials is such a vague term. It's a clever to answer. Use. It's, uh, you know, I know it's a chili of some kind because we, we, we know that. But yeah. like I like I like a good chili, you know. But um, it's because it's one of Victor's spe- specials. Can be anything. Could be anything. Yeah, yeah. It could be seafood. I think was it who was I? I can't remember. It might be Darren. We we were just trying to debate what was the special in that Secret of the Seven Sorcerers, wasn't it? It must have been chili because of the window cleaner. Yes. Drinking a spicy <laughs> mix or whatever. Okay, so okay, I'll say a sub question then. Okay. This is where you have got a free pass to choose any meal. Let's you can just we. Can, there's no right or wrong answer, apart from a chili. What, what meal would that be? Oh, so another meal. I have a second choice. Well, just in the in the sense that your answers are Victor special, and we uh, we established that's probably a chili, but because we we agree it could be there's a plural on special specials. So there's obviously other things he's cooked. So what do you think he's cooked that you'd like to have as well? Oh, what's Victor cooked that I'd like to have? I, I suppose, in you... other words, you, you could just say whatever your favourite meal is. It doesn't have to be a right answer because it's I, one of his I love a good, I love a good pizza, but uh, doesn't he hmm. give Margaret some horrible... It's got a bit Anchovy. of everything on it. Anchovy yeah. and pineapple something. Uh, this monstrosity, she says, yeah. <laughs> and I, I love when when you were talking with Chris Gern and she was like that. Uh, Richard was such a great eater on screen. Like a lot of actors would fake eat or do the, the whole thing, but like we see it so many times with Victor. Like if he's opening a packet of M and M's or you know yeah. bar of chocolate, and all, he's a brilliant eater on screen. He's a funny eater. But, yeah. In that scene with the pizza, when uh, he realizes he's, he's taking the wrong one, it's just how he, he still takes the yeah he takes the last bit bite. of that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all in the acting, isn't it? It's just, it he's is. A, he's a master. He's a master of uh, comedic uh, visual display of comedy acting, as well as his funny face he might pull or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, drink then. What? What? Uh, drink. As uh, Father um, Jack would say, Father Jack, Jack would say, would say um, I, I, me, and I'm going to open one in about ten minutes' time. Though, anyway, so has to be a larder, a nice cold. We're on a desert island; has to be a freezing cold, lively. Pilsner, larder. 
Is that a Pilsner then, if it's one foot related? Oh, Pilsner, so yeah, definitely. It's going to be a Pilsner. Or, 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 what, what was the, uh, what did Patrick describe that came out of the wine bottle that time? Uh, carbonated urine? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> carbonated urine. <laughs> carbonated cat's urine, I think. Was, did you say that? <laughs> yeah. Again, you just know, David, Roman is probably not a fan of the fizzy pop, probably. I mean, you might oh, be, but... He, he wouldn't like a, a Carling or a Dutch Gold or anything like that, no? Or Stella. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, yeah. But tenant spills. I mean, yeah. Again, because of the rules of this game, it's got to be one foot related. So, are we saying it's a pilsner or pilsner? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, no problem. Just to let off a bit of steam, a character is going to regenerate every day, and you can feed them to the sharks. If you don't feed them to the sharks, they'll just disappear. So, if you want to, if you're full of rage or you hate them for any reason, you can feed them to the shark. You don't have to answer this, but if you do. Who, oh who no, would, they, it, it, it would have to be Ben from Warm Champagne, and I think he's been mentioned oh. by other other guests that as just you know not a likable guy. No, you know? not and at then all. Uh, Lewis, Lewis Atterbury, I suppose, would be the the other one because he you know he okay. kind of was very sh- he's a smug guy, you know, a smug business guy. Yeah, with, uh, with a younger lady and all <laughs> that, and a, bit, a bit pretentious. So yeah, it would be it would, if I had to pick between Lewis and Ben, it would be Ben. Oh, Ben. Okay, yeah, Ben. Okay, but Ben from All Champagne. That's a good answer because he was just so disrespectful to Victor, wouldn't he? Absolutely. And we're all protective of Victor, so yeah. So which object or prop from the show are you going to have with you? So I suppose, um... just to try and think of some examples, I mean, maybe you would want um, Kylie the tortoise, or maybe you would want the um, wooden puppet sandpapering her breasts. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe you'd want the um uh, Vic- Victor's waxwork of Mr. Warboys. His uh, ventriloquist uh, doll, because he'd be able to do a bit of ventriloquism. Oh, on the I like that. Bit of so, entertaining on the island. Yes. Ventriloquist doll, okay. Finally, who is rescuing you from the island? Who's the, what, who's the first face from One Foot in the Grave World would you like to see? Who's going to escort you onto be, the plane? It has boat? to be Nick Swainy parachuting in, doing a, a charity <laughs> a charity skydive for the local... <laughs> I don't know, webbed feet association. So uh, no, he's always doing it like it's the extra sufferers trombone. He's always doing something. There's always a little sideline and niche to the charity. He just happened to just happened to be flying over, and then obviously you know, and he will have some story with him that there was a few of them doing a skydive, and one of them opened a parachute in the plane, and the plane went down, and that's when he decided. But he's got one of these satellite telephones, and he's gone. You know, he's all and he's all upbeat about it. Just and then I spotted you on my way down. He'd be very Nick Swainy about it. So just to summarise, then you're you're flying to the Algarve. Whereabouts in Algarve? Because I went to Alvor. Is that where you went? Or yeah, Alvor and Porto Mayo there as well. Yeah. So and you're walking along that whole thing. They're looking at all them beaches, and you're going, "Is it that one?" And I'm trying to get a camera angle on my phone, going, "Is it that one? Is that where the donkey was standing?" I don't know. I was trying to. I went in 2013, and it obviously smartphones were still well, yeah, they're very much prominent, but phone camera quality wasn't that great. Didn't take many pictures, annoying. If I went now, I'd have like a much better quality camera to uh take some archive footage but uh no sorry so you're you're in the algarve victor meldrew one victor meldrew is accompanying you for the for the entertainment alone you can you can let off steam you can get things off your chest a good rant is guaranteed with victor and he's a very considerate guy as well yeah so it's a good choice and you're going to be watching if you do want to watch any one episode things aren't simple anymore for the reasons you've already outlined and the food you can be having is one of victor's specials specifically Probably a chili, but you've um you found a legal loophole into that question, and you're going for a pizza, a good quality pizza. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be the minging pizza that Vix would usually have, <laughs> washed down with a tenant's pills and a lager, which presumably you're not going to chuck over your face. You're just going to down it. No, I'll savor it. Yeah, it's, it's only the one, so I'd have to yep. savor it. Yeah. 
Ben from Warm Champagne is going to come up to annoy you. I wonder if he would uh, drag Victor along the beach if Victor were on his feet. <laughs> would he do that? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yeah. So you get him to do that. We get him to do that before we before we feed him to the sharks. So we get him to yeah. do that just for just for comic purposes. It could have been Lewis Atterbury, but Ben, yeah, won that uh, contest of being most yeah. annoying. And and your the prop you're going to bring from the show is the ventriloquist dummy, as used in Who Will Buy? Uh, drama- no, not Dramatic Fever. Uh, it was. It, it was it was where we first meet Patrick and Pippa, wasn't it? Yes, uh, and the old chap is... Yeah, who will buy, yeah. yeah. yeah and I'm, buy. I don't know if we see that again. I don't know. I don't think we... Anyway, and of course, the person that's going to save you when you do get saved, or, you know, the first person you'll see, uh, apart from Victor, of course, is Mr. Nick Sweeney, parachuting in for some charity. It's, it's gone wrong, but, you know, by fluke, he's uh, rescuing you, and he's got a, a plane with him somewhere. Oh. Or satellite phone here. Satellite phone, to, sorry, yeah, to, to yeah. call in for help. So wonderful. You've been a great player for the Desert Island game. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, cheers, courage. So uh, thank you uh, for joining uh, us this week, Graham. I hope you've enjoyed making your debut on the podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Real pleasure. Thanks for having me on here. It's, it's, and it's great just listening over the last couple of months there to to all the different interviews and like we're very lucky because we wouldn't be able to hear from David or Owen or Doreen and Richard without without you giving them a poke I suppose well yeah yeah I, I annoyed them I wore them down enough for them to come on the podcast I continue <laughs> to work on getting others on but when this episode goes out the event would have passed but hopefully people enjoyed the uh, one foot in the Algarve film at yes. Regent in Christchurch and, and you will be or again i I got to speak like it's past tense, but you made the journey from Ireland to uh, Bournemouth Airport, uh, Southampton. Southampton, and, sorry, and, and yeah, so that is amazing commitment, loyalty. It's a, it's a bit like we discussed earlier with Ted Fest, but to be like you're, we do the Ted Fest and we're on an island for four days together, and you're with fans, and there's quotes. Is it for four days? Is it four days? Oh, four I didn't know that. I just thought it was a half a day's worth <sighs> of event. Oh no no no! It's four days. It takes about four months to recover. Then, but it's uh, <laughs> why it's is it four, four days months. though? Why why what's the? It starts on the Sunday and go. You, you leave on the Monday morning. So there's like there's different things. There's mad things like there's quizzes and there's entertainment. There's live bands, a stand up comedy. There's then there's like uh, best dressed to lovely girls competition. All this madness that happened in Father Ted and and more that the organisers think up. So he's doing. Uh, you did you ever watch Benny Dorm? Yeah, I love Ben and Dawn. Yeah, well, the, so the first four series mostly. The the same guy who organizes Ted Fest, um, Peter Phillips, he is organizing one in Benny Dorm, and a lot of the cast members and all are there. So you can get tickets, I think, still. But it's, really? Um, they're Blimey. in the middle of, they're just doing the last bits and pieces. Of it. So it, there's just, it's four days of madness. So to be able to do just an, even a night in the theater and watch One Foot in the Algarve with fans and laughing together and all that, it's it's a big deal. So I wouldn't miss it. It's, I mean, it's it's not a, re, a long haul flight or anything. It'd be a nice weekend to make of it. So. Yeah, except visit some of the sites and stuff. But yeah, really excited. I hope um, I hope people enjoyed the the event. But yeah, hopefully you all enjoyed it. Let me know if you if you visit. Um, hopefully I meet some of you guys. Obviously, I'm gonna see you in person, Graham. So that'd be good. Oh yeah. You, 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 did you say you're coming down with a your partner or a friend or yeah, just a friend of mine? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they uh, are they as avid one foot fan as you? They must be to make that journey. Yes. Yeah. It was uh, a big deal in their house growing up. So yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Okay. Well, Graham, you've been a splendid guest, and uh, thank you very much for joining. Uh, thanks very much, Tom. Pleasure.